for a college football segment on Valley Sports Talk with Bryce Larson. For the latest college football news, keep it locked to 960 AM and online at ESPN960sports.com. It's college football segment here on ESPN 960 and Valley Sports Talk. Appreciate you tuning in. Nine o'clock hour has just started as we go into hour two on a beautiful Tuesday morning. Weather it's cooled down quite a bit. It was beautiful weather Saturday night for that football game. And a little bit chilly this morning as I left. So the fall right around the corner, but it is going to warm up a little bit later this week as well. This segment brought to you by the SPN 960 Big 12 scoreboard feature. Make sure you uh, download the SPN 960 app and... Uh, you can use that Big 12 scoreboard feature. It takes you to all of the latest scores from around the Big 12. So when you're listening into that pregame show, the Cougar Tailgate pregame show here on ESPN 960, you can get all of the latest Big 12 scores and uh, news from around the Big 12 right on the ESPN 960 app. So download it and uh, give it a try today. I want to talk a little bit about uh, some of the college football around Around um, the uh, the nation, we already talked a little bit about Colorado and TCU with Deion Sanders. Um, I want to talk a little bit about uh, some scores around the Big 12 before we get into a new segment here as well. Uh, Texas Tech ended up losing in overtime on the road in Laramie. And BYU has to go to Laramie here in the next couple of seasons as a return trip. Tom Holmes already said, hey, they're going to make that trip to Laramie. So if Craig Bowles got that uh, program turned around, we'll see how well they do the rest of the season. But that's a big win for Wyoming, and it was an exciting atmosphere as well. One other uh, game that was not around the Big 12, but it was last night, the standalone game, that was actually very surprising, um, was actually Duke running, running Clemson. At home last night, it was kind of a surprising game for Duke. It was the first time they had beat a ranked team since like 1986, which was Clemson back in the days again. Uh, but want to check in on uh, Dabo Swinney as well. We we built this program on NIL. We really did, and and I, it's probably different than what you're thinking though. We we built this program uh, in God's name, image, and likeness. All right, Dabo. I, I, is the the reign of Dabo Swinney over in Clemson? I think it might be coming to a close. We'll see uh, kind of like a Billy Napier situation, although Billy Napier hasn't won yet in Florida. We'll see what happens with Dabo Swinney. Uh, that was him at uh, Media Day a couple years ago, by the way, talking about name, image, and likeness and how they feel. <laughs> he's such a funny guy. He is such a uh, a strange dude, Dabo Swinney. Um, Duke and Clemson. Yeah, that was a crazy game by Duke as they pulled away as well. I uh, want to introduce a new segment, and I'm uh, going to throw it over to the producer, the executive producer of the program, Jordan Bianucci, to introduce The Bryce is Right, a new segment here on Valley Sports Talk. That's right, it is time for The Bryce is Right. Here's your host, Bryce Larson. I can't even keep a straight face when he's doing these things, man. That's right. It's the Bryce is Right, where we are uh, going to do this twice a week here, probably on a Friday, and then to follow up 
to see how we did on a Monday. This is where we do our predictions every single week. Since it's a Tuesday, coming back from Labor Day weekend, we'll talk a little bit of, uh, about our predictions. And it's the way that we're going to do this is kind of in a Price is Right format because they do kind of the closest without going over type deal. And uh, we'll introduce some of the different things that they that we're going to do here as well. But going over some of these predictions from last week, uh, let's talk about that BYU-Sam Houston State game. I said it's going to be 30-10, to 10, and uh, Jordan Bianucci said it's going to be 34-14, to 14, and both of those were unfortunately very wrong. There's more of that uh, to come as well. Utah State and Iowa, I said 28-3. to 3. And uh, Jordan, you said thirty-five to ten. That was a tough game. Although Utah State played incredibly well uh, for most of that game, it's twenty-four to fourteen. So I mean, we were not terribly off. Twenty-four to fourteen. They scored more points than we thought they would. We gave way too much credit to these teams. We thought the teams in the state of Utah were going to be a lot better than they looked on Saturday. That's true, except for when it came to Utah Tech and Montana State. Um, now, as far as Utah Tech and Montana State went, look, Montana State, the number three team in FCS. I guess I'm the only uh, FCS respecter around these parts. All right. But Utah Tech on the road in Bozeman, Montana. Um, and I'm struggling to pull up the score here for you as well. Uh, it's coming, though. Don't don't you worry. Montana well, Tech. You got it? No, not yet. Well, Bryce pulls up that score. Don't forget, fans, purchase a new Bullfrog hot tub. <laughs> they are not an actual sponsor. This is not a FCC violation. There you go. I'm going to have to get back to you on this one. Utah Tech and Montana State. We said 48-7. to 7. At least I did. And, uh, Jordan, you said 45-6. to 6. So we were actually pretty close on both of our uh, predictions. As far as as far as being close to each other, forty-eight to seven, forty-five to six. Um, as far as the actual score, I mean, yeah, this is this is crazy. I mean, you would think that they would have it posted somewhere. Here we go, sixty-three to twenty. Uh, Utah Tech scored more than we thought we would, but I mean, sixty-three to twenty—that is quite. The, the score there, 48-7, to 45-6 was our prediction. I'm, I'm giving it to us. Closest, hey, if we're going with, with the show rules here, closest without going over. So, yeah, that is, that's good right there. Closest without going over, 48-7, to 45-6. We're close on our predictions as far as each other go. But uh, Utah Tech did not keep that one competitive. We didn't think they were going to, 63-20. to 20. In Bozeman, they're gonna have another tough game coming up this weekend uh, against the Montana Grizz. Back to the state of Montana, and another top ten team in the FCS. So we'll keep you updated on that. SUU at BYU, of course. Utah uh, on the road at Baylor, and what a you know we actually talked about this last week. When's the first time Utah is going to have a competitive game um, or a, an actual challenge? Right, I don't think it's gonna come. This upcoming weekend, because Baylor lost to Texas State. That's the, that's the biggest loser of the weekend. Texas Tech. Okay, I respect 
I respect a Wyoming team in Laramie on the road. You're at home against Texas State. Dave Aranda struggling as of late uh, with this Baylor team. Jeff Grimes, the offensive coordinator. I mean, he put up 35 points on the off- offensive side. They ended up losing like 42 to 35. And now Blake Chapin doesn't look like he's going to go. They're starting quarterback against Utah. That is going to get ugly. Well, right now, Bryce, folks, if you want to win some money, that line is a, it's a seven-point favorite for Utah at the moment. <laughs> for so, entertainment purposes only. That's right. That's right. <laughs> for all our listeners down in Vegas, I, that's unbelievable to me. What does what does Vegas know that we don't know? Well, uh, we'll see. Cam Rising reportedly from some of the Utah reporters. You heard Porter Larson last week say that Cam Rising was cleared to play. Last week, right before the game, they just decided not to go. So reportedly, Cam Rising's clear to play. You'd think if Cam Rising's going to play on the road, it would be more of a than a seven-point favorite at Baylor in Waco. Um, now, we've kind of debated, gone back and forth a little bit, whether they should just you know save Cam Rising until that UCLA game. If you came out and played so well with Bryson Barnes... You, why would you not be able to replicate that performance? You know what I mean? Yeah, but even if Bryson, even if Rising isn't ready to go on Saturday, don't you think Utah wins by more than seven points against a team that just lost to Texas State and doesn't have their starting quarterback? I would think so. That's what. That's kind of the point that I'm making here. Why? Why would you like? I would have confidence in Bryson Barnes starting, and they would they could still win by fourteen or more on the road at Waco. Um. So, so my question is, why risk a Cam Rising who might not be ready to roll? I mean, some people on Twitter, some beat reporters around the state of Utah that cover Utah, suggest that, hey, since Cam Rising has been cleared, why wouldn't he go? That just doesn't make 100% sense. You don't want to risk him. You don't really want to put him out there and have him get hurt. There's a fine line between you know being cleared medically and, and being ready to play football. You know what I mean? He didn't go through fall camp. He's not conditioned. You can't risk a re-aggravation or re-injury that could end your season when you could easily keep him out one or two more weeks, maybe get him a couple snaps to get ready in that Weaver State game the following week and have him ready to go the next week against UCLA in what will be a huge Pac-12 home opener. You know, they just gave Bryson Barnes a scholarship this week. That's That's awesome. That's incredible. It's a great story for Bryson Barnes, a walk-on pig farmer from Milford, Utah. It sounds like you're insulting him, but no, literally, he's a pig farmer. (laughs) I'm dead serious, man. It's a great... I mean, the dude played, what, 1A, 2A football and made his way to the big time. That's that's kind of the American dream now these days. Kids want to be the football star, the star quarterback at Utah. That's what it's all about, baby. You have your finger on the pulse of young America. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Right here on Valley Sports Talk. That's the Bryce is right. Uh, it's going to happen twice a week, every Monday, every Friday, as we check out our predictions. And uh, you can get in on those predictions as well by playing uh, the college football pick on ESPN 960's website as well. And then uh, check on each one of your predictions as far as the Big 12 goes. Uh, with the ESPN 960 Big 12 scoreboard feature as well. What a great segment, Jordan. Although Beautiful. I could have been a little bit you know, faster on the trigger with that uh, Montana State-Utah Tech game. It just got away from me there. 
uh, you know, it, it's week one for everybody around here. Well, they didn't post it. They weren't expecting anyone to actually look it up. <laughs> yeah, that could be that could be the issue there. They hid that thing uh, deep in the in the uh, internet, and it was tough to to find. But uh, we'll be on top web of to it. find that score. Yeah, we'll be on top of it next week. Um, yeah, I mentioned some of these upcoming games around the state of Utah. Utah on the road at Baylor. BYU hosts SUU. Utah Tech on the road at Montana. Boy, who created that schedule for Utah Tech? That is tough out of the gate. Hopefully they can uh, step up. Whack play is not, uh, you know, they're actually in uh, that new United Athletic Conference, I think is what they call it. Um, it's the mixture of the Whack and another conference, um, the ASUN. And they're looking to go to FBS football in the next 10 years. And according to our guy, Rod Zundol, the uh, voice of the Utah Tech Trailblazers. St. George will be as big as Pittsburgh that has seven universities in it. Absolutely. That's what he told us not too long ago. So we'll see if that prediction comes true. And uh, as Utah Tech continues to grow, we'll see if uh, they get any any uh, collegiate mates down there in the St. George area here in the next 10 to 15 years. Uh, holding out for that one. Not going not gonna to wait too long to see if that one comes true as well. We'll take a break. <laughs> we'll take a break. Uh, and on the flip side, we'll we'll hear from Kalani Satake. He went through his uh, Monday press conference just yesterday. It's a little bit of a long one, so we'll get it to you here coming up real soon. Uh, everything that he said yesterday in that press conference about his offense, about his defense, and special teams. Coming up next on Valley Sports Talk right here on ESPN 960. Bryce Larson returns right now on ESPN 960. Get in on the conversation by sending in your thoughts on today's show via open mic submission on the ESPN 960 app. There's no better paradise to be in than college football season enjoying a cheeseburger as well shout out to the late great jimmy buffett here on the program great music listen to him all weekend actually to be honest with you um shout out to to jimmy buffett lived a great life and blessed us with some great music as well including this song cheeseburger in paradise this is a college football segment here on Valley Sports Talk. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, Kalani Stake. We're going to hear from him and his Monday press conference sound that uh, he was part of yesterday, recapping that game on Saturday. Uh, I want to remind you, this is brought to you by Ruby's Inn, Adventured Weights at the Gates of Bryce Canyon. Make sure to visit rubiesinn.com for your family vacation to Bryce Canyon as well. Once again, that's rubiesinn.com. All right, why don't we get into uh, that sound from Kalani Satake in the Monday press conference, hear what he had to say about his team's 14-0 win over Sam Houston State. I'm um, really excited about uh, week two. Uh, we're sitting at 1-0 and uh, feeling good about it. Obviously, there's some, uh, some uh, performance that we wish we could have back, uh, but uh, definitely some learning moments for our team and uh, specifically for our offense. Uh, but learning moments for all three phases for special teams, offense and defense. Um, happy that we got the win. That's that's the f- first and foremost. That's the mo- that's the most important goal. Um, but I'm also happy with a lot of the performance that we saw from individual players. Uh, obviously, we'd like to see more points on the board, and uh, we'd like to have more PATs rather than punts. Um, but 
uh, when you know looking at it from from uh, being able to watch it and evaluate film and um, you know talk to the coaches and players uh, very fixable things where we can be in a better position to have more success in all three phases and uh, we feel like uh, the when the, the the mistakes the miscues and, and not to be able to take advantage of opportunities uh, were costly but uh, things that are very fixable. Uh, usually when things like this happen in, in the week one, there's a lot of unknowns. We know a little bit more now, and uh, things that we can focus on to help us will be very fixable. Things that are uh, dealing with ex execution, um, assignment, sound football, um, mistakes like drive-killing penalties and things like that, uh, we can really fix. And so looking forward to this week. We've seen our guys perform better um, as a team, so it's not like we're completely happy with two phases and upset with one. All three phases are looking to improve, and we need to make that big jump of improvement from week one to week two. We're really looking forward to the prep this week. So I'll take any questions that you guys have. But before that, I'll mention that we are playing Southern Utah uh, this weekend. Uh, Well-coached team. Coach Fitzgerald does a great job. They're really tough. Um, we've seen uh, he's been there for a while. We've had, we've had, um, uh, you know, one of our analysts that was a offensive coordinator there, so they're very familiar with our scheme. We had, we know that there's uh, players that have left us that have been in the, on on that team on the defensive side as well. So, really familiar with them being an in-state team, seeing them play quite a bit and watch them against Arizona State play a close game with them and uh, you know losing a close one, 24-21. So. Definitely have our uh, have our attention. A lot of respect for them. I coach down there, so my oldest child was born in Cedar City. So um, we have a lot of fond memories of the T-Bird program and looking forward to them being up here in Lavelle Edwards Stadium and just uh, looking forward to the matchup, looking forward to an opportunity for us to play again. And I uh, just really want to uh, compliment our the, the Rock, our student section, and the rest of Cougar Nation that were in the stadium, in Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Um, for a lot of our newcomers, the, the, the electricity and the energy was definite. Uh, was, uh, was, a, was a definite positive for us. I know uh, uh, Jay Hills mentioned it before that it was. He, he didn't realize how much of an advantage it is. So having them there, uh, the fans there with so much energy, we appreciate them. We're looking forward to getting even more electrifying with uh, more performance in all three phases. So hopefully we can get that done this weekend. So thank you. Take any questions. Thanks, Coach. We'll start with a couple of questions from Jared Lloyd. Tony, you talked about this uh, in in general, but I wanted to ask specifically about the offensive line. I know that there were, you know, there's talk a lot of talk about the depth there, and then there was the penalties, and you know, it took a while to get the run game going and some of those things. How did that that unit look? What did you see as you as you look at them? Yeah, the mistakes can go all all around, and so I know that people are going to want to talk about mistakes on offense. So it wasn't just uh, on one phase, on one side, or one position. Uh, I didn't think all I didn't think uh, all the position played perfectly, or even in a championship level like we're used to. Uh, let's get them back there. I, I think I've seen it. I've seen it uh, before in the years past with uh, A. Rod calling the plays, and I've seen it with these coaches getting the, the best out of their guys, and I've seen a lot of people praise them before. So uh, this is definitely humbling for them. Let's get back to our our uh, natural old ways, and, and that usually comes back down to the basics. We'll focus on the fundamentals. We'll focus on the things that we can control, the things that we've seen them do before, 
and we'll get there. So that that's not just limited to the O line. That's every position. But in terms of the O line, we've seen them play better before, and, and we're looking forward to getting that done again this weekend. I also wanted to ask about how much you look at changing the depth chart up. I mean, obviously, games different than practice. And do you, do you do a lot of that? Just hey, you know, let's let's shuffle it around. I know you always talk about how important competition is. Yeah, I mean, the competition is always going to be the key. But it, when you're looking at it in terms of the game. So we have all, um, most of the knowledge that you guys don't get to see, and we we know who when all eleven guys are doing the right thing. So it's hard to get frustrated at somebody that's running the ball or that's catching the ball or throwing the ball when when they're not even supposed to. When the other ten guys aren't doing what they're supposed to be doing, so it, it's tough to to critique a, a quarterback when the receiver runs a wrong route, or tough to get upset at the running back when the, when the O line misses. the the block or, or has a mental error and the tight end misses his block so uh, we have to do it relatively with what we see and what, what, what we're judging it on but also can't be all just on one game I think there's a lot of things that we can judge it we, we have all the information I'm trying to explain to you guys where we're at uh, we feel like these are the guys that got us there but there, there's always a always an opportunity for us to tweak it depending on what we see and who's performing at the best that that way the competition lives on Okay, uh, we'll take a couple questions from Jay Drew and then Kevin Reynolds. Lonnie, I wanted to ask you about uh, Jacob Robinson. What do you uh, recall as far as getting him from Utah State and maybe even his recruitment before that and and what uh, his performance, uh, how would you rate it the other day? Yeah, I, I was really impressed with him out of coming out of high school and uh, watching him at Orem. Um, Big time playmaker, and, and he did it on on both sides of the ball. So I saw that he was a guy that had great ball skills and could. I mean, when he was playing in Orem and, and they throw the ball up there, he he go grab it. And so, very talented player. When we recruited him. I'm not sure the, um, the if everybody was on board with him. They, they, I think there's a few people that said he was a little too small, um, but. Uh, luckily, uh, uh, you know, you you have a wonderful sport. Uh, strength conditioning program and nutrition around them that can get guys bigger. So when we unfortunately lost him to Utah State, uh, I was glad that, that he was able to come back. And, and it was it was an, an easy thing for myself and Gennaro to welcome him back to our staff and, and to our I mean, to our program as staff and for our, for our evaluation to be kind of like, hey, we project him being a, a big-time player. And uh, and he's been everything that we, we thought he could be. Potential-wise, he, he's a He's got so much, so much ability, and he's physical. So, you know, I know people questioned his size from before, but it's like he's playing big now. So, uh, this goes to show when you when you have that type of heart, um, you can accomplish a lot of great things. And, and something that you can't really see in, in the measurables is uh, a person's desire. And the one thing I can I can tell you from him is you can tell he loved football from the beginning. The first time I met him. He loves football, and, and, and he loves being a teammate. So I'm just really happy that he's on our team and paid off a lot, you know, the time that he's been here and definitely in game one. Right, Kevin? Hey, Kalani, uh, Aiden Robbins, only seven carries on Saturday. I'm curious, do you think that's, like, enough of a of a sample size to really evaluate it, and what did you kind of make of this day um, on Saturday? I think when you're looking at the overall, I mentioned it from before, it's it's kind of tough to just, uh, you know, evaluate everything that he's done on the seven carries. And so 
uh, you have to figure out, you know, what everybody else is doing well and what he can control. But uh, I like his attitude. I like his his buy-in. I like his belief in in the system. And so he's going to have to keep leading us and helping our team. And uh, you know, we 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 put we feel like we have um, a good core of running backs that we can use. Uh, some some weeks you're going to get more carries than the other until we see guys start to really take the initiative and take the take ownership of the position. Then uh, that, that's what happens. And, and we've had that done before, where we've had guys kind of share share the load, and then uh, when someone shows that they can get it done, hard to do that. Just making that judgment off of one week, and, and definitely off of just one the one performance when when we had plenty of mistakes to go around. Okay, we'll take questions now from uh, Ron Weaver and then Mitch Harper. Yeah, Coach, we saw Jay Hill on the sideline calling plays. Is that something that we're going to see going forward? Um, I know usually sometimes defensive coordinators can mix it up between the sideline and the box, but Jay Hill was down there. Was that just for the first game, or is that going to be a permanent thing that he wants to do or you guys have talked about for the rest of the season? No, the way we were brought up, that's how we do it. So that's uh, when I was a coordinator, I was on the field and, and – uh, Jay feels most comfortable being on the field as well, and I like him being down there. I love his energy. Uh, I like how he's, you know, getting the crowd into it, and uh, he was using his own man. It was really fun to watch, and I, I, I'm really pleased with the way that they perform. And he, the wonderful thing is he, he knows that there are more big plays out there that we could have had, and and uh, again, defense performed well. We got a, a shutout, but uh, there's man, there's so many more plays that they could we could have been more dominant as a defense and, and we left some plays out there so hopefully we can capitalize on that learn and and uh stay humble find ways to get better jay jay's the guy that's going to get that done and my follow-up question just talk about how do you feel like the linebackers performed your defense held in the 38 rushing yards you had aj Vang patron ben bywater max Tooley, those guys leading the charge how do you feel like they performed overall in game one yeah really good players i mean there's there's room for improvement I don't think they played um, without mistakes. Uh, but the, the interesting thing is when mistakes were happening, is like they're just trying to make the play. It's got to be in the – it's got to be – you can't freelance. It's got to be in, in, your, in your responsibilities. And so if they're supposed to be in a certain place at a certain time, uh, make those plays. And so I can't say that it was, uh, it was perfect, but we're looking for that perfect game. I can tell you the one thing I can count on with those guys that they play hard, they play physical – with a lot of energy, and I can always count on them being around the ball. So that that, that works for us, and really pleased with, with the, the level of a, a physical play that they had and, uh, with the linebackers. But that goes for the entire defense. I thought they tackled really well. All right, that was Kalani Satake in his Monday press conference yesterday, breaking down that Sam Houston win, 14-0. That's always brought to you by Ruby's Inn, rubyzin.com. Adventure awaits at the gates of Bryce Canyon. Visit rubyzin.com today. A couple of things that I uh, wanted to mention from that sound from Kalani Satake. He mentioned uh, you can't blame the quarterback when the wide receiver runs the wrong route. You also can't blame the running back when the te- other 10 guys aren't doing their assignment as well. So uh, just kind of giving some more perspective into what happened Saturday night. Guys just weren't on the same page. Um, you know, I had some criticism for Keaton Slovis there as well, and maybe uh, that that commentary from Kalani Satake is is um, you know directed at guys who who think the same as me. Look, Keaton Slovis, from what we saw, because we obviously don't know all of the context 
and what goes into every single play call, where guys are supposed to be. But from what we saw, that's all we could take it from, right? And uh, it, it looked like Keaton Slovis was a little inaccurate, made a couple of different throws that he probably shouldn't have made. There was one that he definitely should have made that was into double coverage. Um, there's only one guy to blame when you throw into double coverage. That's quarterback. But other than that, like there were different times when there was a you know a an overthrown ball. Uh, they just weren't on the same page. So some insight there from Kalani Satake. You can't blame the quarterback when the wide receiver runs the wrong route. That also goes back to Keanu Hill and Cody Epps not being on the field. We'll see how big of a difference there is if they can get back this upcoming season or this upcoming weekend. Excuse me. Um, and we'll see if they make a big difference with being on the same page uh, with Keaton Slovis. We'll see how that offense looks. Uh, teams make their biggest jump from week one to week two, it seems like, every season. And we'll see if the offense can do the same. He also mentioned uh, can't blame the running back when 10 other guys aren't doing their assignments. So Aiden Robbins, you know, it didn't get a lot of good blocking for him. But it did seem like L.J. Martin was seeing the different holes and seeing the field, seeing what the defense was doing just a little bit better. That's impressive for a freshman running back to do straight out of high school. Young kid, young guy. Had a lot of hype coming into BYU this offseason. It's very impressive what he was able to do on the offensive side, give a little bit of a spark, and I think he earned himself some more reps as well. As far as the defensive side of the ball goes, you heard Ron Weaver III, the executive producer of Cougar Sports, ask a couple questions about the defense. Jay Hill on the sideline, bringing the energy, calling the plays from the sideline for BYU rather than being up in the box. Um, and then he also mentioned they thought that they left some plays out there on the defensive side. As good as the defense played, they think that they could play even better. Loved what I saw from Jacob Robinson. In fact, with uh, watching TCU and Colorado earlier in the day, later on uh, during the BYU game, I even tweeted out, I said, hey, look, maybe Jacob Robinson should play both ways for this BYU team. He's the only dude out here making plays. Getting that interception. He had two interceptions. One of them was beautiful in the end zone. Huge play after a pass interference was called, which probably shouldn't have been called. But it's a huge play to turn the momentum back in BYU's favor. Made a lot of great tackles flying up from that uh, corner position, making a couple of tackles, putting, you know, laying the wood on a couple of guys. And then also uh, that second interception probably shouldn't have been an interception, but they gave it to him anyway. We'll give it to him. Um, just making plays all across the field. If you could get a guy to play both ways in, in collegiate football, man, I, I think that if BYU wanted to, they might have a little opportunity there if they wanted to uh, see if he has what it takes to play both ways. I don't know if Jacob Robinson would want to do that. That would be a lot of learning as well. You'd probably have to install that in the uh, in the off season throughout fall camp so he knows the plays as well. But it would be fun nonetheless. It would be awesome to see another guy go both ways uh, as well. Um, we saw from Travis Hunter. That was impressive, man. I don't know if he can sustain that the rest of the way. This dude from Colorado. You heard Dion. If they would have hit him on two of those uh, wide-open touchdown passes, the uh, Heisman would be chilling in his crib right now. That's what Dion said at halftime about Travis Hunter. That was impressive. Jacob Robinson was impressive on Saturday night, and the defense for BYU was pretty impressive as well. But uh, we'll see what happens coming up against SUU. Jordan Bianucci, do you think SUU has any sort of a, a shot this upcoming Saturday? Yeah, absolutely. If BYU plays like they did this past week, it's going to be a real close game. We saw, look, SUU's, they 
took ASU down to the wire. They did. So if I'm BYU, you have to come out and play well. And I'm talking, look, the defense played great. I'm talking about the offense. You have to play better. It's just, you scored 14 points against a team that's making its division, you know, not division one, but FBS debut. The, Slovis, you're right. It's not all in Slovis, but he threw for 100 and, he th- 145, 185 yards. He threw for under 200 yards. That's insane. Like, I mean, I don't want to, you know, press the panic button here, but that that was uh, that was concerning on the offensive side. And uh, so, yeah, I, I SUU just it just became a lot better game. And I I was thinking after that game. A whole lot of Thunderbird fans just decided to make the trip up to Provo because they're thinking it's <laughs> they, going to be a lot better game than yeah, initially they yeah. were figuring. Yeah, they looked they looked a lot better than we thought they were going to look at Arizona State um, on Thursday night, and then BYU on on the flip side looked a lot worse than we thought they were going to look on Saturday night. So yeah, that would be kind of the recipe there. We'll see what happens coming up. Delane Fitzgerald's no joke, man. He is no joke of a coach. He knows how to turn football programs around. Tell you what, you won at Southern Virginia at the Division Three level. Went to Frostburg State. Frostburg State made the jump from Division Three to Division Two, and he was contending in the first year of making that jump. Was contending for a national championship at the Division Two level in the first year of that uh, program's jump to the Division Two level. And he's the most winningest head coach at Frostburg State as well. That's where he came from uh, before he headed over to SUU as well. So, look, he is a really good coach. He's also a hilarious human being. Maybe we'll be able to get him on this week. I don't know. We'll see. We'll we'll reach out and see if we can get him on before the game this week. He is awesome. Uh, The last time I interviewed him... Um, towards the, this was over on ESPN 700, uh, during the Saturday show. Towards the end of the interview, he's like, sorry guys, this was live on air. He was like, sorry guys, uh, I'm actually on the, uh, ninth hole down here at Dixie Red Hills. Uh, so if I've been giving you some terrible answers, that's, that's the reason why. And I was like, man, you knew you were gonna, you agreed to do this interview and you knew you're gonna be out on the golf course. We could have changed the time for you, man. <laughs> But uh, no, he's he is awesome. He's a hilarious human being, um, and an even better football coach. So we'll see what he schemes up. Yeah, let's let's hear that line, Jordan B. Right now we have BYU's favored by nineteen. Okay, another and that's same right about man nineteen for a team that's an FCS opponent. Uh, look, it was twenty and a half for Sam Houston as well coming in this game. All right. Yeah, it's uh it's going to be an interesting one. Man. After seeing what I saw, is BYU going to cover that line 19? Well, Vegas is hoping a lot of people figure they won't cover that line and they do, but uh, I I don't know, man. My confidence in the offense is not real high right now. And look, if you're BYU, this is going to be a tough game. You have one week to figure this thing out. Yeah. One week. Because then you have Arkansas and you run the gauntlet, and you just you can't figure it out against Big Twelve teams. Yeah, one other thing that I want to uh, mention here: if the quarterback for Sam Houston State Shoemaker would have made a couple more plays, there was a couple different plays that BYU, especially on the backside of the defense with Ethan Slade um, in that safety position, 
there was a couple different times where if he would have put the ball on that receiver, they would have had first downs. And one down the sideline that I can remember where they had a wide-open streaking player, and he just kind of lobbed it rather than zipped it in there. If they get a quarterback that can make those throws, and I think SUU has that quarterback. They have a quarterback who can make those throws. He's a good quarterback. We'll see. That's what I'm going to look for this upcoming week. Here's what's really concerning about what happened on Saturday is BYU, yeah, they win 14 to nothing, but they caught a ton of breaks like you're talking yeah. about. The interception that wasn't an interception in the end zone. Right. I mean, they, they, man, I don't know. A lot it, of special teams plays too. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, and the uh, punter for Sam Houston really struggled in <laughs> exactly. the first quarter. That's, giving that's him, what I'm alluding to right yeah. there. It's, uh, I mean, BYU barely won that game, it seems like. And again, they caught all the breaks, it felt like, in that game. Yeah. And it's not going to roll their way every single week. So that's what we're looking forward to coming up uh, this weekend. We'll talk more about that throughout the week as well. We'll take a break, come back on the other side. We'll wrap up the show with a hilarious call into a uh, Philadelphia sports station and uh, Bryce Harper's thoughts on that as well. The uh, somewhat hometown hero, not really, he's from Las Vegas, but Utah loves him because of his ties back to the LDS Church. We'll take a break, be back on the other side. Uh, This is Valley Sports Talk on ESPN 960. With Bryce Larson returns right now on ESPN 960. Get in on the conversation by sending in your thoughts on today's show via open mic submission on the ESPN 960 app. Beautiful Tuesday morning. Appreciate you tuning in here on the SPN 960 AM dial and on the SPN 960 app as well. Want to remind you to download the the uh, Valley Sports Talk with Bryce Larson podcast wherever you get your podcast. Make sure you give it a listen each and every single day. Uh, if you missed any part of the show, you can also uh, you know always go back and listen to it on the podcast wherever you get your podcast. Want to talk a little bit about Bryce Harper? Uh, he went deep the other night. This was last week, but uh, he went deep in tribute to a radio caller. And we love this kind of content, of course. So we're a radio show. But Harper was listening to 94 WIP's Marks and Reese show in Philadelphia last Tuesday. And one caller in particular garnered his attention ahead of his team's game against the Angels. Let's listen into uh, that caller and what he had to say. And come get some. Now I want to say something about uh, 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 my man, Bryce Harper, right? Yes. Bryce Harper, listen, man, if I don't do anything before I die, I'm going to shake that man's hand one day. You hear me? Because he's one of the best. He's well, the best Chuck, ever. he could be listening right now as we know his routine is to listen to the Marks and Reese show on his way into the park. If he's listening, listen, man. Listen. Bryce, get your ass down, kicks in peace, whenever you get a chance, man. And come meet me. And come meet the people that love you. Because you are the man. And we go... Where Bryce Harper go, okay? I don't want to hear nobody. Trey Turner, Trey Turner's doing a great job, yeah. And you need to thank me for that. All I hear is Jack getting credit for it. Watch it and come get. You. All right, that was courtesy of ninety-four WIP's Marks and Reese show in Philadelphia. Uh, the caller's name is Chuck, and he's a frequent caller of that show in the two o'clock hour. And apparently, Bryce Harper listens to that show as he drives in to. Uh, the ballpark each and every day. Harper, the two-time National MV- League MVP, told the media scrum after the game that he was inspired to go deep by Chuck, the caller that he heard 
uh, talking on the radio before the game. Here was Bryce Harper's comments post game after he went deep. It's funny, I was driving in today and you know, I'm listening to WIP like I do a lot, uh, the two o'clock hour. And uh, a guy named Chuck called in, he calls in a lot of his players. Uh, but I said, uh, you know, he was talking about our team and talking about me and stuff. And um, I walked in the training room, I was like, I'm gonna go deep tonight for Chuck. Uh, <laughs> that guy had me fired up, man. Um, but you know, it's just funny. I mean, this team as a whole, we you know, come in here, play with Phillies across our chest, we're all family, we're all pulling. Um, you know, on that same rope, and um, you know, we just have a great group in here, a lot of fun, and just yeah, really good team. That was Bryce Harper uh, with his commentary on Chuck and going deep for Chuck. That's awesome, man. Uh, how, how many players across the MLB? I'm sure a lot of those guys listen into those big time radio shows that talk a lot about them, but how many? of them actually address it and say, hey, you know what, I was listening to Chuck. Chuck got me fired up on this radio station as he called in, and uh, he's a diehard Phillies fan. He wants to meet Bryce Harper. One of the one things he wants to do, said before he dies, he wants to meet Bryce Harper, shake his hand, because he's one of the best players ever play in the city of Philadelphia. And uh, how could you not like Bryce Harper? I know a lot of guys around here, big fans of Bryce Harper, uh, he's got the connection to the community. Jordan Minucci, are you a Bryce Harper fan? Yeah, I love Bryce Harper. Love to watch, I, you know, just uh, his style. I mean, beyond being one of the best players in the game. I'll tell you what, though, man. If I'm a ball player, I'm not listening to sports talk radio. Why not? <laughs> That's messing. You have to, I'll tell you this. Bryce Harper is extremely mentally tough. Because it's, true. it's the the hardest thing to do in sports is hit a baseball, and the last thing I want on my mind is somebody calling in like just from South Philly telling me because you know that's not Chuck's not the only guy calling in. Oh yeah, <laughs> somebody else going. You know Harper's O for his last fifteen. Why the hell are we paying him this money? That's that's brutal. I can't listen to that and then, <laughs> and then go perform. But uh, I'll tell you this, man. The uh, watch out for the Phillies. Because they're getting in in the wild card, and I still don't think anyone's beating the Braves, but this is exactly what happened last year. Oh, yeah. No one thought the Phillies were going anywhere. They were the wild card team. They fired their, their manager halfway, not even halfway, like a little bit before halfway through the season, and they went on a run last year. Exactly. And so if they get hot, like they're hot right now, if they can continue this through September, I'd be nervous. If I were, uh, especially the Dodgers, if I have to play them. But, but uh, I mean, look, the Braves are so good. They took three they or four are. this weekend from the Dodgers, so it may not matter. But uh, it's going to be interesting. A lot of good, uh, some interesting races down the stretch here in September. Yeah, I'm now a big fan of the Atlanta Braves. Uh, always have been my, my <laughs> yeah. whole life. Um, yeah, big fan of the Atlanta Braves, Ronald Acuna Jr. Everything that they're doing down there in Atlanta. They hit 90 wins as you mentioned, as they beat uh, the Los Angeles Dodgers in that series over the weekend. It's a great series. And a lot of crazy stuff happened. Ronald Cunha Jr. breaking that uh, that home run and stolen base record as well. Uh, lots to look forward to with October baseball. As you mentioned, watch out for the Philadelphia Phillies and Bryce Harper. Uh, what a great opportunity. What a great thing to see. Uh, that's awesome. Good for Chuck, man. That's why we love people that call into radio stations and, and talk a little sports. So if you want to call in, get your reaction on BYU's uh, win, Utah's win, whatever you want to talk about. We'll take your calls tomorrow at some point. 844-442-0960. So get ready. 
You could also send us an open mic submission I was on gonna, ESPN 960 app as well. I was going to say that. So that's really cool. For the listeners that don't understand, if you go to the 960 app, you can just press a button and record like a voicemail, basically, and it comes straight to us, and then we can play that on the air if you don't want to wait on the phone and call in. So go to the app, ESPN 960, leave us your thoughts, whatever, and we'll get those. We can play them on the air. Yeah, we will play them on the air. So send them in, and uh, we'll be on the lookout for those as well as they come through. But I appreciate you tuning in, as always. Uh, it was a great show today. Didn't hear from Chris LeMay, but apparently we are going to hear from him tomorrow. 8.45 t- uh, a.m. tomorrow, we will hear from Chris LeMay. Uh, talk to him a little bit about this UVU women's soccer team as well, and uh, we'll also break down some more college football, not only this past week, but uh, upcoming this next week. We really didn't get into our Around the Big 12 segment, so we'll talk a little bit more in depth about the other Big 12 teams, who we like, who we don't like. We'll see you tomorrow right here on Valley Sports Talk on ESPN 960.